0: hello tomorrow and goodbye to yesterday we've been waiting for this moment and we still don't know what to say we may never find the answers or know the reason why why we both decided we should say goodbye
1: You're listening to the PCAST presented by CDE Light Band. Each week, we take you around Ossipi, the athletics department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Kruger. Welcome to the nation's top ranked Osprey podcast. i excited to go mad for March. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad, but first. First. What a game in wow. Cape Girardeau. Yeah, yeah. lots, lots of fun. That was, uh, yeah, that was. It was a good time, as Quite they say. Quite a doozy. Double overtime thriller. A thriller. It was a thriller. It was very much a
0: thriller. A heart stopper, you might say.
1: I mean, good golly. Draylon Ellis, 3-6 touchdown passes. That's a school record. Benico Harley caught four of them. And that ties the school record. Elijah Culp did two interceptions in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, that was quick. That was fast. Yeah, a lot of fun. Brian Snead, another touchdown on his first touch of the game.
1: That was fun. that was fun in a weird way. Like we, d- The thing that I remember most distinctly about that sequence of events was we did not go to him at all on the first drive. We did three passes, three and out, and I was like, huh, that's, hmm. Okay, I guess we're just not going to even see if we're going to catch lightning in a bottle twice, and then we handed it off the first play the next drive. And Brian Snead made another house call. Watch out, Martin. First touch of the game is a dangerous one. Yeah, I'd I'd let 11 in the box for that first Brown Snead touch just to be be on the safe <laughs> side there, Martin. Uh, the young guys getting it done is, yeah. is what we love to see. Uh, we got,
0: got Culp. We got Ellis. Let's talk about the rewards. Draylon Ellis, the Stats perform, Freshman of the Week, the OVC Newcomer of the Week, and the OVC Offensive Player of the Week, Elijah Culp, OVC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, thanks to some hard research by us. The first pair of freshman teammates in OVC history to win offensive and defensive player of the week in the same week—quite good. When yeah. you d-
1: the the OVC has been around for a minute, when you're doing something that's not been done in the OVC, it's quite good. No, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty darn, pretty darn good. Speaking of things that have not been done much in the Ohio Valley Conference, Terry Taylor—that's the, 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 the that's whole statement, really. Period. full uh, stop. I mean, it. Eh, USBWA, NABC, all district honors, both dropped yesterday. Why the USBWA and the NABC decided to steal one another's thunder on the very same day is a true and lasting mystery to me. But they sure do. They sure do and did. Minutes before we walked in here to podcast today. Seconds, maybe. Quite possibly seconds. I mean, you know, you you add up enough of them, everything is seconds before. It's just sometimes it's a lot more seconds. That's not the point here. Fair. Lou Henson, All American, for the second straight year, mid-major All American. Automatically puts him as a finalist for the Lou Henson Player
0: of the Year award. You have to throw some hands if he doesn't win that. I'm going to be pretty upset. Be quite upset. Be quite
1: upset. I'll also be quite upset if he does not make his way into the NBA next season. I'll be very mad at you purveyors of National Basketball Association. This I is where the
0: script says all
1: caps league
0: him. League the gentleman. I so, guess please do league that gentleman.
1: Selfishly I'd just like him to latch on for summer league if nothing else, because I want to go to Vegas and watch him play Summer League.
0: Yeah. No, I think cool.
1: I could expense account some of that. I think you could. You'd be covering Terry Taylor. I would be covering Terry Taylor. you wouldn't you'd be working working very hard. Very, very diligently in the service of the Lord and Austin P. <laughs> What do you just not see a difference?
0: <laughs> I, it's, uh, just go ahead.
1: We have a new leader of the women's basketball program announced Wednesday afternoon, and it's Brittany Young, late of Mississippi State, where she was the recruiting guru, and Old Dominion, where she helped lead a revival of that program. Uh, learned under Nikki McCray, Dawn Staley, some other notable
0: names in the women's hoops world. Casey, take it away. This is this good says, hire. Uh, those first two names are pretty, pretty yeah. big. Nikki McRae, was two-time SEC Player of the Year at Tennessee under Pat Summit, head coach at Old Dominion, now the head coach at Mississippi State. Don Staley is National Dawn Basketball high, Hall of Famer, Women's Basketball Hall of Famer, Olympic champion, WNBA champion, College Basketball head coach of South Carolina, 2017 if, if, national champion. If it's there to be one, chances pretty. Yeah, Don Dawn Dawn Staley is one. She it. carried the flag at the 2004 Olympics, I think. Oh my gosh, that's right. I think she did. She did. Yeah. So. Um, G A for Don Staley, assistant coach for Nikki Nikki McRae Pinson now um, at Mississippi State and Old Dominion. Uh, I like that. I like the the. Well, the so, sometimes from a, good, from a good coaching tree, you might. Yes,
1: say. Uh, you, you you hear about be- people being from a good family, good background. Yeah. Good. Good basketball. When you can family. connect
0: your coaching tree to Pat Summit and Don Staley. Doing
1: Don't, all. You'll take. That. Yeah, you're
0: doing all right. You're doing all right. So. Uh, I believe she gets here today on Thursday.
1: Uh, it's either Thursday or early Friday for some media shenanigans. And
0: If you're, in the, if you're an Austin P fan and you want to come welcome Coach Young to Clarksville, be at the Dunn Center tomorrow afternoon, Friday. Friday, what is tomorrow? Friday, March 19th at 4 o'clock. You can sit in the second level of the Dunn. It's not a press conference. It's a welcome. She'll speak. Gerald will speak. No media availability at this thing. But come give her a cheer come clap your hands get excited for our new coach come wave behind a mask at an acceptable distance away do that stay six feet away from her please yes
1: please don't get our brand new coach we've already already done that once yeah please don't get our brand new coach sick we don't we don't need that looking back at last week uh golf in Sevierville both men and women's golf Alex Vague and Austin Lancaster uh good weeks for the men Micah Knisley would have had an exceptional week for the men, except for the terrible, awful, no good, very bad time he had at number one. Both days. Par four. Tricky par four. So it was not the easiest one. At fall. the water park golf course. Whatever. Nobody cares about you. <laughs> On day one, Micah hung a snowman, battled back, had a very good round after that. I believe he got all the way back down to par for that day, and then opened his final day with a triple bogey. At number one. You take away that plus seven that Micah had on just those two holes of the 54 for the event, and he's plus three the rest of the way. Yeah. Pretty good times. Pretty good times
0: for Mr. Neisel. It's uh, it's not great, but it's something you
1: can fix, I think. I mean, I'd, I'll i bet they don't plop that hole out there. I bet, I bet
0: hole number one doesn't show up at the
1: OVC tournament. I'll bet it doesn't. From because the waterport well, golf course in Sevierville. i bet it doesn't. On the women's side, Shelby Darnell just missed a top 20 finish. For the governors and Andrea Priscilla, got to shout out. Andrea Priscilla, fire on the back nine with three birdies. Believe she went 34 on the back nine oh. to close out. Useful, useful. You'll take it. You will take it if you are the Govs and Jessica Cohn. If you get her
0: at the bottom of the lineup, heating up, boy. If if Andrea starts throwing heat out of that four or five spot, yeah, you because got- you know the top, you know the tops, the, sol- the top of the women's golf team, solid. They're you know what they're gonna do. You know what. Deadman and Shelby and Megan Stamps when she's out there, you know what they're going to do. You know Riley's going to be pretty solid there in the middle. You, you get Andrea going in the back of that lineup, and or Katie Foshawk who uh, tied for the team a good high weekend,
1: didn't she? She tied for the team high in birdies with Deadman. Listen, watch
0: out. They got some weapons. They got some weapons down there.
1: And this was just their second event. Yeah, they're, so still, they're still, still getting get going. They're, get, still, they're get still, get still dipping the toes in the
0: water. Getting the swing back in action. You were here last weekend for softball. I was here for softball. Though. What happened? I wasn't at the Saturday games. I was doing the PA at the baseball games.
1: Uh, our boy was pa and all over the
0: place yeah, last I, week. Yeah, I pa four games, I think. Flexing oh, the golden boy. pipes. Boy, I don't know how Brian does PA four games a week, then does radio on Sunday. Um... I don't need Peds. Yeah, we mean, about. yeah, t- yeah, t- yeah, We talked about that. Th- we think we think Brian's got some performance. And Steve, in yeah, Steve, will it to announcer spray Peds yeah. for announcers? I told him about that. He laughed, but uh, I think it's a serious offense. <laughs> uh, We're going to be bringing him up on charges to the uh, <laughs> PA and radio announcers
1: union. union yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Saturday though, softball team beat Morehead State in game one. Game two, uh, Harley Mullins tossed her first shutout. Govs won again. Useful. Game three. Mullins got the start. Gov's got up big. Ozowski three run homer in the second or the third. Boy, just a moonshot. She just, I mean, she didn't hit it all the way to the softball field, but boy, she, or the soccer field, excuse me, the soccer field out in the left. But boy, that thing, if it was about three feet to the left, it would would—it was high enough to clear the scoreboard. Woo! It was just a moonshot. And uh, Mullins got a little bit of trouble late. No worries. No worries. We got Kelsey Gross in the back of the pen. Uh, see you, Moorhead State. Get the brooms out. When you can just toss Kelsey Gross out there <laughs> Yeah, Gross. In, in, in Kelsey like just spends five innings at first base, just you know, gets a couple knocks sitting over there. Oh, Kelsey, shut this one down.
1: See ya. Yeah, when you can just toss her out there in a break glass in
0: case of emergency <laughs> type situation, you are you're living right. And I think that pitching rotation gets even stronger this weekend. I think Jordan Benefil oh, may be back. Rich getting richer. Maybe back. All Rich, I'm
1: saying. Rich getting richer for she's a big matchup against DIU quite good Earlier this week, I did something that not everybody's gotten to do and not everybody's going to choose to do, and that is get a COVID shot. You should do that. How do you feel? I feel great. Did it hurt? I mean, I'm not good with, I'd be the world's worst hair on I because I'm frightened of needles, but. ah, oh, see. I'm not scared of needles.
0: I got allergy shots for like eight years. That's, oh. yeah, that'll, that'll. I, I was, really, yeah. you really become numb to it.
1: I was pretty excited. I drove two hours out of my way to go get this one. I was, I was that fired up about yeah, it.
0: No, yeah. How was that? Two hours there, two hours back, or just two hours total? Two hours there, two hours back. Ah, well, you know, health first. Health
1: first, and as soon as I get that second one out, I'm booking flights to Vegas. Well,
0: I can't wait to get mine, but us uh, and
1: Yeah, you're young and spry. Although you'd probably qualify for the uh, BMI situation. <laughs> that's how I got. Well, that's how I got mine. Oh, <laughs> turns out being fat's <laughs> helpful in this regard. <laughs> sure. We we'll won't check on that, bud.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> Not having a home for nine days, which I go home tomorrow. Woohoo! Losing some weight. Yeah.
1: He, he, Remy, Remy owes you a...
0: Uh, he told me the he's like, hey, I owe you a couple food things. I like, might have eaten a couple things because I was running low, and I was like, listen, just, just buy whatever you ate and put it back in there. No, no. Remy owes you, like, a steak dinner. <laughs> I mean, that, too, and the food things he ate would, prefer, would be the preferable option. Yeah, Remy. Bone-in ribeye at Edwards, maybe? Ooh, yeah. I mean drinks yeah.
1: and all the fixins? Yeah, his uh his GA salary will definitely pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's enough of us for the front end of this. So let's take a break and we will welcome in Alex Vega of the men's golf program right after this. <laughs> room around town you've been getting down with some old boy at the bar heard he looks like me bet your daddy's so proud he won't get you very far you ain't nothing like your mama girl you're so full of drama and i got you on your knees begging baby come back i didn't mean that saying that you miss me Less than 24 hours ago, Alex Vague was firing a one under 71 in his final round at the Bobby Nichols Intercollegiate. Now he's joining the D-cast from Parts Unknown via Zoom to talk about whatever happens to Avenger my while scripting out this podcast. He is way, way smarter than nearly everyone you or I have or will ever meet, in addition to being a pretty good golfer, too, which is honestly just sickening. Alex, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, golf is a funny little game, and no one knows that better than you you you've gone through you've gone through it over the course of your career like you've had good times you've had bad times you've had ups you had downs when when you just don't have it when it feels like you're never going to get it back how do you keep going having a greater why
2: it's the easiest way to describe it you know you kind of try and put things in perspective like you know not every day is going to be a great day essentially And you have to recognize that. And you can't feel like that one bad day or that one bad stretch is the end all be all, because it's not, you got to look at the bigger picture, put it in perspective and realize like the bad times will pass and good times will come. So that's the easiest way to describe
1: it. The emotions of golf. You can't, it's it's the one game where you can't get too high or too low because it can just wreck your round. How do you come to terms with that, that, the focus is always on what's next and not what was.
2: I think I think the best way to maintain that equilibrium in my mind is just maintaining, maintaining like a positive mindset because I've realized over my years and over my experience that if I sit there and I get down on myself and I beat myself up, like that's not going to help me play better golf. That's not going to help me compete. Like there's nothing I can do To change the past. The only thing that I can change and the only thing that I can influence is my attitude and the future, essentially. So there's no reason to get caught up on that past.
1: Golf is an isolating game as well. Now, this year, it's been a little bit different because you guys have moved to more of the five-man quintet team stays together for the course of the round thing, but most of the time it's you and a couple other guys that you may or may not know at all and it's you your sticks 18 holes and your thoughts how how do you wake up every day and battle through that because it's not you know it's a team sport name only it's just you really yeah it's it's like
2: a team sport but at the end of the day it's those five individual scores that go into that that team score essentially so as you said I have, I have my own back because there's nothing my teammates could do really to, we're not working together in essence, right? Like I'm, I'm out there battling for myself and a great way to look at it is really back to what I answered in the first question is having that greater why, you know, if I'm having a bad day or if things aren't going as planned, I think looking at that bigger why of your team, that's a reason to keep pushing through a reason to keep battling. And it's, it's kind of nice because if you go out and play like professional golf by yourself, because that's truly an individual game right there, you have nobody else to rely on. And you're the only person that can be blamed. Like that's, that's a very, very isolated sport. And that's an even more challenging task. And that's where perspective really plays a a bigger battle there as well. So just all these different factors coming together to essentially, create this mindset to help you keep pushing forward and to keep striving for greatness in essence if you do well and the team has a rough day is it difficult for you to appreciate the achievement I, I definitely think it is because you want to see the entire team do well and you can't be selfish and you can't say hey guys like look at me because at the end of the day like you did well but the whole team isn't prospering you want to see your your friends and your buddies and your brothers you you, you want to see them with you so I like to look at it as like, I'm content with it, but I'm not satisfied. I want to keep pushing forward. I want to keep bringing those guys up with me. I want to keep pushing them to get better, you know, because it takes, it takes four scores to make that team score. And we we need all the guys competing to be able to play well.
1: It's not just one guy. And the inverse of that is if the team does well and you had a bad day, do you feel like they had to drag you along, had to carry you, had to make up for you?
2: I, I don't really think so because it's, we all, we all have bad days, right? We all have bad days. And, and that's the point of the team. The, you know, if one guy has a bad day, it's those other four guys carrying that one guy. That's, that's how, that's how we work. You know, we all have each other's backs and it's no reason to get down on yourself because that's just happens. That's how golf is. It it changes from day to day. You're not always going to have your game and it's, it's really just teamwork and, and like this bond that we have that we know no guy's can be left behind.
1: One of the toughest things to do in sports, and one of the most underrated things, especially in college sports, is the concept of the 36-hole day in golf, which is most of your day one of most of your tournaments, you're doing two loops around the course, 36 holes. That is a sun-up, to sun-down, if you're lucky, progression of just hit, chase, hit, chase, hit, chase, in the hole, do it again. How do you prepare yourself for that day? Well, it's
2: honestly, it is very challenging. Like when I first got to college, the 36-hole day was my first time ever. It is very difficult, no doubt. So just to put it in perspective, you know, if you walk 18 holes of golf, you're walking around seven to eight miles. That's just walking. And if you walk 36, you're walking at least 16 miles there. And not to mention, you don't really have any full meals. You're just out on the course snacking. And in order to be able to finish that, you are waking up and teeing off around, like you tee off at 8 a.m., but wake up probably around 6 a.m., if not earlier, just to get to the course in time to warm up and whatnot. So really, it's just a mental battle that you have to prepare for because the physical aspect, yes, it's tough, but it's just spaced out over such a long period of time that you kind of get used to it. So just to answer your question succinctly, I think it's more of training yourself mentally and this refers back to what we were talking about is you can't really get too high. You can't get too low. You just got to stay level-headed and kind of just keep pushing on. That's the, that's the hardest part to prepare for. If
1: you have one of those days, one of those 36 hole days, if you're on hole one, hole two and you just hang a snowman or something terrible happens, it can upend
2: your whole day. Can it? It definitely can, but I would rather make a mistake early on in the round because I can sit there and be like, Yeah, I may have just made, like, an eight here, but guess what? I have 35 more holes to get that back. You know, I have so much golf left to play, so many, like, good shots, and it's just really digging deep to find that inner confidence, knowing that, hey, I am a good player and we can make this happen. So it's it's worse
1: to have one on 17 or 18 and then have to take it with you through the night. Exactly, 100%. What is one misconception about collegiate golf?
2: Okay, this is a stereotype that I personally hate. I personally hate when everybody's like, oh, golfers aren't athletes. Yeah, we're not running around, we're not hitting each other, like, stuff like that. But there's so much that people don't see behind the scenes that actually goes into playing good golf. Like, it takes a lot of work. It may not be as physically demanding as other sports, but there's a huge mental aspect And, I mean, it is somewhat physically demanding, but not as much as other sports. You can see it in some of the uh, professional golfers nowadays. Like, look at Bryson. He's, like, benching and squatting. He's bulked up huge, and that's becoming a big part. But besides that, there's there's a lot of preparation that goes in behind the scenes
1: that a lot of people don't really understand. Well, and even the physicality stuff, like, okay, maybe it's not a strength and speed thing, but you're taking a metal stick – and hitting a dimpled ball 250 yards onto a green the size of, you know, a driveway, basically, like a little parking spot. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know a lot of athletes, quote-unquote, who are great at that either. It's a very unique skill.
2: That, that it is. It's, I think it's something along the lines of, you know, you have a golf ball that's about like an inch, an inch wide, and you have to get that into a hole that's about two and a half inches wide, 400 yards away. What's the difference in the golf and culture when you go from the Midwest to Ohio where you grew up down to the south? Oh man, that's that's a good question. I would say down south, and that's just a general feeling as well. Down south is just so much more easygoing, laid back. Um, you'll see a lot more private clubs, I feel like up north. A lot more of the clubs are really just like privatized and exclusive essentially like down south I feel like there's a lot more public golf from what I've seen at least from what I've experienced yeah you have your fair share of like private courses as well but that would probably be the biggest distinction that I see like up north is kind of what feels like very like uppity in a sense and then down south you come here and it's like everybody's so welcoming so uh, just friendly in general does it open the game up a little more in the south to have it be a little less exclusive as well I would say so. It's definitely easier to get on golf courses, easier to go practice, and really something that
1: everybody can go play. Sandor and Maria. Let's talk about Sandor and Maria. Your parents uh, had the privilege and pleasure of meeting both of them multiple times. They are incredibly fun, incredibly kind people who have had a great influence on your life from your interactions with them that I've seen and just kind of how they've carried themselves. Give me a little bit of their background. So both of
2: my parents were actually born and raised in Europe and Hungary specifically. So they're both born and raised there. And my dad's 10 years older than my mom. He came here on an immigration visa and essentially got a job working like for his uncle and whatnot, but he's been here for, I don't even know how long now, like 30 or 40 years, but they ended up meeting here because my mom came from Hungary She came and went to Ohio State and she fenced there collegiately, which was pretty cool. And um, they ended up meeting in a Hungarian church by which is what are the odds of that? Right. They met there, got married and then obviously had me. And I think just their work ethic and the fact that, you know, I'm first generation and they had to come here with a suitcase, one single suitcase and build everything from the ground up just that. Single circumstances, what I feel like has instilled a lot of the work ethic that I have, because I'm just trying to make them proud because they gave me everything that I have now, and they have just, like I said, they built everything from the ground up. Which to me, I look up to them. It's so impressive. When you're the
1: son of a former Division One athlete, what does that? How does it help you navigate what you're doing now? To have somebody in your life who Fencing, golf, not exactly the most similar sports. Ohio State, Austin P, not exactly the most similar institutions. But it's still Division I athletics. Your mom's been through it. How is she h- able to help you with that?
2: She knows the competitive nature. She she knows the ups and downs. She knows the frustration. She knows what it takes, like what we talked about earlier. You know, when you have that bad day or you have that bad week when you're fencing or when you're golfing, She she gets that. She's been through it, and she – She's kind of like a level head for me. She's able to put it in perspective, be like, look, hey, like you're a good player. Just relax. You'll get through this. This is all just kind of like a mental thing or a mental stumble. Like you just got to keep pushing forward. So overall, it's just a really good perspective that she has. Did she want to push you into fencing? <laughs> she never offered. She said maybe a few times she offered. She said, well, maybe I'll teach you fencing one day, but it's, it's kind of a hard sport to get into.
1: And in, on top of all this, on top of the, the athletic prowess, which is pretty substantial, you're one of the highest academic achievers we have in the department, have been for a few years now. Uh, maintaining that while also playing at a high level, it, it can't be natural. It's like no one's that smart and that good at golf either. Like there has to be, a certain level of prioritizing and time management and this blend, like you, you have to be able to blend all these different things together to be successful that way. How do you do it? Yeah. I don't get a lot of sleep. Um,
2: that's, that's, oh, the one, that's one way. That's one way. Yeah. I don't get a whole lot of sleep, but like you said, it's just really time management, you know, getting things done when it needs to be done, staying on top of things. Cause if you get behind then you just get, thats not the place you want to be because then you got to catch up on top of, like doing the current school work that you have. So I actually have this funny saying that I always that I always use is because I leave a lot of my homework for, you know, the weekend or like one or two days before it's due. That's just how I work best. I work really well with deadlines and I work efficiently and I don't have to, you know, waste my time doing stuff. But my saying is it's not procrastination if you plan to do it last minute. (laughs) That's my favorite saying. So uh, I'll just true. it is exactly. So I'll um, I'll just plan to do my homework usually one or two days before it's due and sit there and just grind it all out. And I always end up getting it done and I just work really well with deadlines. That's what I've learned over my few years here. So. The
1: eight hour van rides, is that a good time for doing homework or are there just too many distractions? It's really not bad. We have, honestly, we have
2: an awesome van and there's plenty of room, and then we can connect to a hotspot. Maybe if there's a golf tournament on, we'll throw it up on one of the TVs, and you're just kind of sitting there either writing a paper or doing your discussion boards. It's really not bad. I think it's pretty efficient use of time.
1: Are the other student athletes jealous that they all hop on the Wise Coaches or the, the university vans or whatever to go to tournaments, and you guys have your awesome tricked-out golf fan? You know, not that I've heard of for the most
2: part, but – I don't really hear a whole lot of things. I would, I mean, I think we're pretty lucky with the van that we have. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it is.
1: I, I'm envious when I'm just driving a car <laughs> to turn around and like, man, they got that sweet van spells doing the driving. Uh, Alex, what is your favorite word? My favorite word?
2: Precisely. Definitely. What is, what is your least favorite word? My least favorite. Hmm. I don't know if I, if I have a good answer for that, because I'm a big guy. I like to use like big words, eloquent words. I like to simplify sentences into like one to three words, because that's just like my little hobby. I love doing that for no reason. I don't know.
1: I love words. Well, if you love words, it's kind of hard to pick a least favorite, I suppose. Exactly. Who or what inspires you?
2: My parents, no doubt. Like, like I said earlier, I mean, they built everything I owe them everything and I will never be able to repay them or show them enough gratitude because I am where I am because of what they've done for me and the work ethic they've instilled in me and the opportunities that they've shown me. So now it's just really my job to keep pushing forward and make them proud. What is the last book you read for fun? Um, I actually have it right here next to me. It's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Really? Yeah. What did you get out of that book? Um, I actually took a lot of notes. The, what I got out of it is people's emotions are actually incredibly easy, easy to manipulate, which sounds terrible. But if you essentially show somebody that you're uh, either empathetic or authentic and you show them that you care about them and their interests, typically you can influence them to show the same favor to you as well. Now obviously there's different methods to do that, but if you show those different things to those people, they will be more likely to help you and achieve your goals.
1: I can see where that'd come in handy. What is your worst habit?
2: Not getting enough sleep, definitely. I like okay. to go
1: to I now like I to go to bed how how night. hours.
2: I usually, I would say I average around six to seven hours of sleep. I'll get up at, or I'll go to bed at midnight and usually wake up, wake up around like 6am. It's
1: not bad. You it's can, not terrible. You can live that way. Yeah, exactly. What app on your phone gets the most use?
2: Um, probably TD Ameritrade. <laughs> I'm a big investor, big finance guy. I'll be, if it's during the weekday, I'll be,
1: just checking it, just slowly, just checking the stocks, you know? I've done over 100 of these now, and that is definitely the first up TD Ameritrade just got referenced as a <laughs> popular app. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in?
2: Most terrifying situation. Okay, this was, this was actually a long, long time ago. I was riding on the back of a motorcycle, and the driver basically got into an argument with like the guy next to him because we were lane splitting and they're like arguing back and forth in hungarian obviously and as soon as the light turns green he floors it my feet fly up hit the handlebars and my face feels like it's about five inches from the cement and i was like i almost died that was terrifying
1: Did, did these two like were guns drawn or, no, or... no, no, no. I
2: think I think the one guy was just pissed off because he was lane splitting and trying to get in front of him, whatnot, blah blah blah. Like hard headed Hungarians, you know, and just nah, silly stuff. And, and,
1: silly stuff. Yeah, sure, silly stuff. Okay. <laughs> what is your idea of happiness?
2: I think happiness is being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it and having freedom um, with. His, with as little stress as possible, but stress is kind of inherent with life in general. So that's, you can't really avoid that. What
1: is your idea of misery?
2: Stuck in a day job that you don't want to do or living a life that isn't your dream life because we only have one life to live. And if you're stuck doing something you don't love, that sounds miserable. What makes you self-conscious? I think I actually get pretty self-conscious with golf too, because there's a lot of like self-belief issues that I struggle with and actually truly believing that I'm a, that I'm a good golfer. And that gets to my game sometimes. And in a sense, I, I set these standards that like, Oh, I should be shooting around this number. And it's like, you know, maybe a few over par, but in reality, like my game's good enough to be shooting a few under par. So if I'm, basically playing better than the belief that I've set for myself, then, you know, I I tend to start playing worse because I'm like, Oh, I I deserve to be playing like a couple over in, in essence, if that makes any sense. So I'll get like self-conscious about how I score and whatnot.
1: You know, you're not the first golfer to answer that question in that general manner. Is that a thing that's unique to golf because of its, it's, you know isolation and you're, you you have you having to depend on yourself and not really having teammates to buck up with your individual score
2: i think it is and it's also just hard to cuz you like we said you don't have any anybody to rely on it's it's hard to be able to sit there And go out and play and shoot like four or five under because you, you tend to get nervous and you have so much time to think in between shots. And you're just like, man, I'm playing well, you know, and there's just so many self-sabotaging opportunities within the golf round. It's hard to really just stay out of your head and just play. What is the most embarrassing song you love? The most embarrassing song. (laughs) You remember, uh, you remember Friday by who was it? Jessica Black. Rebecca Black? Rebecca Black. Sad that I know that? Yes, that's the one. That, that would probably be a, a great example. I remember that coming out in what, middle school or something like that? I remember listening to that a lot. How would you prefer to die? <sighs> Peacefully, hopefully. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Probably a bird. Maybe like an eagle, just for freedom's sake. So I can go fly around and see the world.
1: Also it's illegal to shoot you.
2: Yeah, that too. What might prompt you to lie? Um either saving face or like preserving a relationship, like between friends or something like that. I don't really I don't do well with confrontation. So maybe just to take the easy way out, I'll say a little white lie to ease some tension. What makes you hopeful? The future. In general, there's so much to achieve, so much to come.
1: What is our purpose in life?
2: That is a very deep question. Um, I think our purpose in life is to fulfill the questions that life asks of us. Everybody here has a purpose. And we're just going through life trying to figure out that purpose, answer these questions along the way and find our unique little place that we fit in with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones. So is your belief that life and fate are going to ask different people different questions Then you will be responsible for answering those? Yeah, everybody has a different question. Everybody has a different journey. Everybody has a different fate. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you'd ask our next guest? What makes you get up every morning? What's your, what's your reason? What's your why? What's yours? To get better. It's just a constant pursuit of greatness. I don't really want to settle for mediocrity. I want to make a name for myself. i want to leave a legacy for my kids
1: in the future. Last week, Morgan Droughty asked, what is most important to you in life? What is most important to me in life?
2: relationships, the people around us,
0: your friends. Well, she said
1: too. You are coming into the, the waning parts of your Austin P. career. What kind of thought have you given to the, the future?
2: Well, uh, as it stands, I have about Two different options. The first option would be that I continue my golfing career, potentially go try and play professional golf, you know, maybe start off on some mini tours, go play in Q school, or I could go either find an internship or just get a job with like a wealth management firm or an investment bank, something like that. I've been kind of dabbling with some connections there. I have a few friends in the industry that could potentially help me get a position. And but ultimately, I want to keep my competitive nature because I love golf but I would like to build a solid financial like base so then maybe in the future I could go back and compete like carefree in a sense because professional golf is not cheap by any means no.
1: the the financial world there there are some parallels there between being competitive financially and being competitive in golf where you're kind of you're reliant upon yourself and doing the doing the best you can with what you have, essentially. Is that part of what appeals to you about it?
2: I think so. There's no right, there's no one precise way to build, like, financial stability, in a sense. There's so many different avenues, and you can go explore all those different avenues, and nobody can really tell you you're wrong unless you're, like, spending your money on silly things and, like, going and blowing, like, not investing, essentially. So it's just really cool knowing how many options are out there to be successful.
1: And it's always a challenge as well. I love the challenge. You know, I know you do. And that's probably the best reason I can give whenever people say, Alex do you think he's going to be successful? Yeah, he loves a challenge. And that's usually what I'll say. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on today uh, Give me a few minutes out of your time I really appreciate it Really looking forward to seeing you and the guys Get on the course again here in a few weeks Yeah, thank you I, really
2: appreciate
1: it. I ain't never coming home
2: Oh no. I ain't never coming home I'll
1: presented by My Town Movers. My, my Town Movers Fieldhouse in Collierville, Tennessee. Thanks to Alex Veg for coming on and really being one of the the more thoughtful guests that I feel like we've had in quite some time, you know. Alex smart kid anyway and I think he really shines through in this one. Sure. You don't care. Sure. Take pride in my work. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Casey? Yeah. We are less than a day. I know they're playing tonight. The Do you count the first four when you think about? I watch them. I mean, I watch them too. So I, I'm going to count them. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a basketball junkie. I was watching BYU and Pepperdine at like one thirty in
0: the morning during the WCC tournament. Listen, if, I, if I'm watching it, I'm counting it. The tournament starts tonight.
1: Tournament starts tonight. Then you heard it here first. March Madness.
0: Last year was very much March Sadness. Hit that CBS theme song. Um you know the best part about Turn Beyond on CBS? The theme song? Ye- okay. Second best thing about Turn Beyond on CBS. Jim Nance? Third best thing. Bill Raftery? Fourth. Grand Hill? Okay. Fifth. Tracy Wolfson? Nope. Nope. No Dick Vitale. Oh. That might Nope. That might go ahead of Jim Nance. I'm sorry. You're I don't have to listen to him have a stroke every time somebody makes a layup. Do you hear Will Wade get mad at him?
1: For what? Because he mentioned the allegations against LSU. Well, did you watch
0: the Tennessee Alabama game? He called it the SEC tournament. Uh, not with the sound on. Okay. Well, that was the right choice. Alabama hits a layup. Just like it was at the point, Tennessee was like up nine and like brought Alabama back to within seven, and they just hit a layup. And Vitale goes, "Nick Saban's jumping for joy in Tuscaloosa." And I'm like, Nick Saban doesn't know they're playing basketball. <laughs>
1: Nick Saban, if you had to ask him to name.
0: He doesn't know who Nate Oates. Is.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you if he had to name Nate Oates, he'd be like, "Is it still uh, Avery
0: Johnson?" Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Avery he, looks different. Yeah,
1: he who was the head coach at LSU when he was there. That might have been the last time that he had to care. He,
0: correct. He. It's just if you watch a Dick Vitale called basketball game, if you were to turn the picture off, you wouldn't know who's playing because you would only you would think Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina are playing.
1: That's a fancy TV. You got the. Uh, just a sound. No, I'm saying no if you, picture. I'm saying if
0: you could, if you could, you wouldn't know who was
1: playing. I mean, chances are pretty decent in most years that it would be Duke, Kentucky, or North Carolina, or Kansas because they trot him out for the marquee games, and they're usually for some reason by the marquee teams for some reason. This He's, year, this year's not that way, and I think that's why it's the most exciting March Madness in at least two years. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, no Kentucky, no Duke, which. Can't say much about that, given where our balls came from. But I am not upset. I was looking
0: at the bracket. Like I didn't see Kentucky. Was there a glitch? Did, did something mess up? What happened? You just hate to see it.
1: They rehired Billy Gillespie.
0: Ah, you hate to see it.
1: You're you're coming into this cold. You still haven't even filled out a bracket I have not like, out like a, a bracket.
0: loser. I'll probably fill one out tonight. I don't. I'm not going to pick the first four, even though I watch them. So.
1: Who who do you have? Who's your who's your upsets in the
0: opening round? Surely you've you've looked at the bracket, right? Well, uh, being an alumnus, watch out for the Liberty Flames. The Liberty
1: Flames—that's that's the hill you're going to go down. I right? I, rea-
0: I can't tell you anything. I'll look tonight, and I'll I I, I can't give you any picks. I like USC. I think that's a pick I like.
1: I could see USC. I think the uh, the Michigan. What are we even calling them? Like the Michigan bracket? It's not. I guess it's technically the they're still doing the
0: east, west, north, south, midwest thing. Well, there's the orange bracket, too. I'm sorry, what? The midwest region has Illinois, Syracuse, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Oregon State. Oh, good golly. And um, who's another orange team? There's six.
1: Oh, yeah. um, That was... Did I say Oklahoma? Clemson, yes.
0: All six orange teams in the midwest bracket, which is fun. Get in. Going to need to recalibrate your TV screens for some of those <laughs> Correct. Games. I I can I
1: have I'm very bad at picking these because I probably pick too many underdogs. But I got Ohio as a thirteen, North Texas as a thirteen, Utah State as an eleven, VaTech Tech as a ten,
0: and Syracuse as eleven. I like Virginia Tech beating Florida.
1: I don't just like Virginia Tech beating Florida. I like Virginia Tech to get to the Sweet Sixteen.
0: I think that uh, Florida's got bad karma they're uh, bad people for what they did to my friend John Volkerson and they need some punishment and this, losing to Virginia Tech will be that.
1: Oh, okay. That's where I'm at. All right, well sounds good. Yeah, I've got Virginia Tech and Syracuse making runs to the sweet 16 being joined by BYU. A lot of people like Illinois and USC. I've got Illinois winning the whole thing. What do you got about the uh, Liberty Flames? Uh f- flaming ha, ha. out in the first half. Ha. 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 Rude. They're well, you know <laughs> It's, a, it's kind of the same reason that I'm out on the uh, Winthrop over Villanova thing. Too many people like them. And once too many people like them, eh, don't like, I, I don't like anything where a supposed underdog gets hyped up to the point where it's basically people are looking at it as like a coin flip game. Like, okay, yeah, Nova suffered some injuries. Jay, they, Jay Wright. They, they are still Villanova recruiting Villanova people. What about um, our dear friends at Moorhead State? It was one of the it of the fourteen seeds. I would say they would. But they were fifteen. They're fourteen. Okay. They would be my second most likely to pull the upset. I I thought real hard about pulling the trigger on Abilene Qu- Christian because they they shoot some threes. They shoot some threes. They play defense. They run in and out. They got. They're deep. Okay. They, they probably aren't going to rebound with Texas, and if their one big dude gets in foul trouble, they're really not going to rebound with Texas. But Where's
0: Texas Tech at in this thing? They're a six. They watch, are starting, out for, watch out for my guy, Mac McClung. They are
1: starting out with Utah State, and I got Utah State. Pulling oh, the upset. Pulling
0: the upset. Pulling
1: the upset. What's your final four? I have two obvious and two less so. so you have Illinois i got Illinois and Gonzaga. Gonzaga. That's going to be my title game. Illinois will beat Arkansas to get there. Okay. Big muscle, big Eric Musselman guy here. Big Eric Musselman guy. I'm, on the, I'm aboard the Eric Musselman bandwagon. Okay. And Gonzaga will beat. You just said Gonzaga would beat Arkansas. No. Illinois beats Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Gonzaga
0: beats Florida State. Okay, everybody gets on the Florida State train this time of the year. I. are just hopping, what, on the, hopping on the bandwagon.
1: One of these years, Leonard Hamilton and the boys are not going to let me down. I think I picked Florida State to I go to you the said he just got hurt. Yeah, he
0: did. He just tore his Achilles in the bubble, apparently. Wait, is he the coach? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is he going to be like the uh, Georgia State coach? Uh, Ron Hunter. Yeah, on the stool. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be, funny. that'd be fun. That'd be fun for all of us, and I think we need that. Did you know Leonard Hamilton's 71 years old? Huh. He looks like he's 42. I think. And here's where I'm at. After reading the Gonzaga Sports Illustrated article that came out last week, it's just it's just going to happen this year. This is the year. You listen, you know who's going to pick against my boy Drew Timmy? I mean, I I am. You're wrong. You don't pick not against, not until the title. You game, don't pick but against Drew Timmy.
1: I'm not just picking against Drew Timmy. I'm picking against Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're there, but Drew Timmy is the man. The headband, the flow, the mustache. It's Timmy time. Oh, good God!
1: So, so you're not, you know, a big fan of the, uh, the the Man in Black with Illinois. Um, who are the, we talking about? The guy with the Batman mask. Uh, uh, I know and, who you're talking about. Yeah, Dasanmu.
0: Yeah. Well, no, he's no Drew Timmy.
1: You're right. He's better, considerably. Probably, but by, he, doesn't by leaps he, in does, he doesn't look
0: as cool as Drew Timmy.
1: Hold on.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. I, wanna, I want want you to, to look at this. <laughs> Listen, I'm bought in on Gonzaga. It's going to happen. This is the I, year. You, you're going
1: to look at this man and this mask and tell me Drew Timmy looks cooler. Does he have a Drew cool mustache like Drew Timmy? No, he doesn't. It's, kinda, it's hard to tell under the Batman mask. Who's your final four then, bud? Let me pull up a bracket. I like it that we can do this with you just not doing any research. I told as, you I'll get as, to it tonight. As, as though there was some chance that we would not. I'm talk sorry, about we've got a soccer game tomorrow. I've been as, getting ready for. As, as though we, there excuse was some me for doing we my job. Going to talk, about I March won't talk on will the stu- I'll just, this
0: week. Let me just forget about my job. CBS is being difficult on this website. Here we go. Uh, it's dead. Oh, air. Oh, that's that's a blank bracket. Don't it's, need that. It's dead air that makes a podcast. That's 2017. So Here we go. Boy, you are internetting so it's, well today. Listen. Matt Norlander, thank you for posting this one out. Now it's just being difficult to work with. All right. <laughs> final four. Gonzaga from the West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, I hate doing this, but if uh, John Petty's hitting threes, Alabama's going to the final four. Mm, I don't. But I don't trust them, so... Uh, I don't like that, and I don't like you. I, I don't know about the East yet. Midwest. Picking Tennessee, because I always do. Not gonna stop now, and Baylor. Uh, uh, no, not picking Baylor. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I need to—I haven't, I haven't taken a st- I have haven't— uh, uh, your, your, your picks make me sad. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to break this down yet. I like Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. I like—I do like Arkansas. I do like that pick. Uh, I think Musselman's a problem for everybody else. You seen people
1: are expecting—they're, like, throwing his name in for Minnesota and some other jobs? I don't jobs? think he's going to
0: Minnesota. I think Indiana could, like— Yeah, if Indiana comes calling, them, and maybe. If Indiana comes calling and says, hey, we're going to back the dump truck up to, the, to Fayetteville— I don't, know, I don't.
1: I don't know, man. You gonna you gonna know,
0: fight Walmart money if you're Indiana? <laughs> that's the thing. Well, Arkansas is a good basketball job that gets slept on. Um, I think I if you can would stay, the SEC is just if you can <laughs> succeed at Arkansas, like that's that's pretty cushy. That's yeah, Arkansas basketball better than Arkansas football, and yeah, historically one of the better programs in the league. It's it's been more up and down, but
1: like The highs are quite high. There aren't many teams in that league that can say one national title in Arkansas Yeah, who can? Florida, Kentucky? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Is that it? LSU? Shaq? No. No, they just made the final four with that was the big baby Davis
0: years. Auburn made a final four. Uh huh. South Carolina's made a final four. Yep. But that's it. Nobody else has I mean three, three national titles. Mississippi State's
1: made a final four. Have they? the Dante Jones Eric Dampier Eric. ah yes oh don't say yes like you know you I are don't, negative I don't, 2 <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about I'm just, I know who they are Oh uh, yes I know yes. who they are
0: I know who they are but I don't I don't remember it
1: Okay we wasted enough time talking about not Austin Peay sports now we will talk about Austin Peay sports Football homecoming this weekend against UT Martin The guys won 2 straight at home
0: against the Skyhawks the Guys are 3 and 1 against UT Martin in homecoming games in Clarksville Mm Yes. As opposed to homecoming games where? You know, if we were to play one in Martin or something. I don't know how that would happen. But uh Ah that well. homecoming, Austin P. Homecoming games. The Govs are three and one against there the we go. There we go. There we are. All right. Now
1: he's back. Now he's back. This one might be another defensive
0: struggle along the lines of what we saw in that seven oh game a couple years ago. Even last year was a defensive struggle, even though there was like fifty or sixty points scored. But like we held Martin to twenty five negative twenty five rushing yards last year, excuse me.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a defensive struggle so
0: much as it was. Uh, it was for them. Yeah, they they ran well, they into well, backers could throw the ball, but they couldn't run they, the
1: ball. They kept running into a brick wall up front, which is quite possible to happen this time around for both teams. Tied for the league lead, twelfth in the nation in
0: tackles for loss. Here's the thing, though, we're running Brian Sneed, and uh, they're not. They're not. So, oh, and when Brian Sneed needs a break, uh, we're going to run a mod Tanner at you, and then if once you're tired of getting beat up by those guys, here goes C.J. Evans on the outside. Bouncing it out and taking it to the house. So, uh, I think that Martin's got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And yeah. But John Backus.
1: Backus. I mean, last year we dared Backus to beat us, and he
0: didn't. He. Tri- I mean, he sure he did. Gave he gave the old kept, college try. Listen, they, if that is a – the way their offense could not run the ball, that's a 35-7 to 7 or 35 to nothing game if Backus can't sling it all over the place. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, they, they – once they figured out that running was not a thing that was going to occur that day...
0: they it was one of the... I mean, they, they have a good quarterback. Our weakness all last year was on the defensive, secondary, on the outsides at corner. And Backus found that out about the second quarter, and they scored some points after that.
1: Of course, this year, he's going to be throwing
0: at Cordell Jackson. Well, he was throwing at Cordell Jackson last year. Or
1: at recently mended OVC Defensive Player of the Week, Elijah Cole.
0: Here's the thing. You put... You used to, we the problem for the Govs has been whatever side of the field Cordell Jackson's on, they're throwing the ball the other way. Now you put Jackson and Cope on different sides of the ball. Which way are you gonna throw? Straight in the ground. Because you got Jonathan Edwards deep, you got Cam Ruffin, you got Kobe Perry. Those guys have been breaking up passes and laying the hits back there at safety. So uh, Isaiah Norman, we know he can. You know he can, he can. He can play a little better than last week. I don't think it was his best game, but. I think we all know how good he is. There were a couple
1: times last week where he just got unlucky. Like there was a there was a comeback pass early in the game. Yeah. Where the dude just like fell down and the ball just landed on his gut.
0: Yeah, I like I said, I feel like I feel like if you go back and watch that some of the big a lot of their big plays were at Norman, but I feel like we all know Isaiah Norman's better than that. And I don't think that happened to him two weeks in a row. No. No, it does not. I
1: think the Govs are going to make it hard on John Backus, I think, Martin. I think we
0: get in the backfield a lot. Terrell Lucas, second in the OVC in sacks, and the Govs are tied for the OVC lead in sacks as was 16. Lucas has got three and a half, and he's not even a starter at defensive tackle half the time. I think it'll be very... I will
1: be very interested to see if Martin even tries running. Like if they just come out and <laughs> was, just throw fifteen times for that. I so guess we'll do. A, we were sitting there at the, end, at the end of the
0: first quarter, and Jack McDonald had eight tackles, two for a loss, in like the first quarter. And Cody said he was doing tim checks at Fort Terry yesterday, and he said to hey Jack, he's like, hey Jack, like you're on pace for thirty two tackles and eight for a loss after one quarter. He's like, yeah, I watched the film, and they ran my way three times after the first quarter. <laughs> that. Would be a choice that I would make too if I was them. Yeah, but where I mean, are you going to run it? Troy Henderson and the boys over there? Mm, yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, it's it, it's better to pick up two yards than to lose two yards I guess, if, I mean, you're, if you're doing it. Running at Jack McDonald, bad idea. Having to do defense against the Govs just seems, or do offense against the Govs just to seems. Having to play defense against the Govs didn't seem too fun either. No, uh, but go Harley. Is the best number two receiver in the FCS. We've been saying that for a minute, and if you guys forgot it, the four touchdowns last week will remind you. I mean, he tied
1: Red Roberts and Ron Blair for the single game record. That's when you're tying Red Roberts for stuff, you're doing okay. How
0: tall is Benico? Six one?
1: Yeah, about that. He yeah. might
0: be the best six foot one jump ball winner in the country. Nobody I mean, he will fight you for that ball. Well, the thing that he's added this year that I think is really cool is he
1: bulked up. He's a big. Lot. He's big, and he's not doing the thing where he out jumps people necessarily or outspeeds them. He wants the contact there, so he can just box you out like a power four. He, he he is a he's a six foot one power four. He's he's Terry Tayloring his way to, to yes. jump balls. Basically, you are not going to beat him for a jump ball. He just will not let it happen. <laughs> I mean, didn't last week? He had an all season. He didn't last year. Can't really see that that's going to change much this go round either. Got another uh, opening week. Over a year has passed since the last time Austin Peay took the track in a track and field event. And that was an indoor event where they were, you know, winning the OVC title.
0: You know, just stacking up trophies, bringing home rings, all that kind of stuff.
1: The last time they got out for an outdoor event as a team was May 2019. Boy. Gee Willickers. Correct. Well, they'll be doing it this very weekend at SIU, the Carbondale version, not Edwardsville. Long time, long, long time. I are I fast, though. I mean, I'm excited to. I'm excited to see where everybody's at. I mean, we say that every year because you know, you go from May to December in most normal years without team events and. It's training but you know training can anything can happen in training. You look great in training but when you get there lined up against Listen, you get in a real race and uh you yeah. start beating and banging there and everything changes. Yeah. So I am I'm very very interested to see where the Govs are heading in to the outdoor campaign. Volleyball wrapping it up? Yeah, we're home the last time. Cuz you know, it's Be a March, busy day Sunday.
0: Cuz cause, cause it's March 18th and volleyball's wrapping up the home <laughs> Nothing schedule. like that. Uh, Running to the Dunn Center after our football game to do a volleyball game.
1: Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time for you. I guess. I'll be uh, finishing up football, doing responsible adult things, responsibly and adultly. <laughs> sure. But his last home matches 2021, battling for the fourth
0: spot with SIU Edwardsville after... You're told by our volleyball expert analysis, Cody Bush, this is an important game for the sport four spot in the tournament after uh, dropping a pair of SEMO last week.
1: Definitely need this one. Definitely need positive results out on the soccer pitch this weekend as well. EKU and Belmont right ahead of the guys in the standings. If Austin P is wanting to make the top four spot necessary to make the postseason, gotta have positive results out of both of these. Yeah, you gotta be.
0: You gotta start by beating EKU. Gotta, they, gotta gotta we take beat down Jacksonville EKU. State. Yeah, Jacksonville State beat EKU last week. You can't lose to this EKU team. You gotta. gotta, em. gotta em. You, you gotta beat them. Gotta beat them. You have to beat EKU. You have to got, get two points. Got to find a tie. Uh, I
1: will take. I'll, I'll take it, but I'll take a need, tie with Belmont. I will not take I need a tie. Two, with the EKU. Need two
0: points on Friday against CKE. Here is a fun soccer fact for you. Uh, prior to the season, Govs had zero goalies that had started a game in their Austin Peay career. Now, Gov's are the, have the only pair of goalie teammates with double-digit saves in the OVC this season. Peyton's got sixteen. Chloe Dion's got twelve. Chloe looked really good last week. Did you see the play? I think it was like the eighty-eighth minute. It was late. Martin had, or not Martin, excuse me. Murray had a breakaway. And Rebecca K- Kubin, who's an all-OBC player last year, I believe, mm-hmm. got a shot on her. And Chloe, I mean, blocked it. Went to the – after she blocked it, she's on the ground. And the girl that had scored the earlier goal for Murray came on a rebound, and Chloe got up and saved that one too. I mean, the – Quite the, the, the mur- sequence the Murray, of events. The Murray announcers were quite impressed by the save. It was very nice. Uh, but like I said, both of the Gov's goalies. Been really good. Chloe started the last two games, lost one to nothing twice. Can't ask for a lot more yeah, from her. I
1: mean, he, well, and especially, uh, what, what was the shot total uh, against Sima? A lot. Well, it, against Murray, she
0: made seven, seven saves. saves. She's made five and seven saves yeah. the past two games. Um, like I said, she's doing she's, she's doing, doing her part. She's doing her part. Peyton did her part early in the season. Peyton's got a 1-0 loss on the sheet too. Gotta get gotta get a little bit. You gotta more. get the offense going a little bit. Uh, they got it going late in that SIUE loss after a couple first-half goals by the Cougars, but you got, like I said, got to be DKU tomorrow. That's, got, uh,
1: got to start with taking down the Colonels tomorrow.
0: Match play rematch
1: for the men's golf team early next week at West Kentucky. The guys took the first one home in early February. I would say the weather is better now, but that was actually a beautiful day in early February, and the weather has
0: been just garbage for like three days now. It rained this morning when I had to go get the backdrop for uh, Coach Young's press conference. It sure did. And I didn't enjoy that.
1: Mm. Well, if you shower more often, water wouldn't bother you as much.
0: (laughs) I shower every day.
1: Sure you do. You idiot. Idiot. Baseball at SEMO. SEMO, widely considered one of the preemptive favorites of the league. The Govs. Got to turn it around.
0: Gotta start somewhere. May as well start at SEMO. Not, not, much else to say. You want to make that top four and get into the tournament? You gotta, gotta start putting some wins together.
1: I mean, the, the margin for error for every team in the league this year—it's tiny, it's non-existent. I mean, you think of top four—you've usually got your clear favorite, Jacksonville State, or just in any sport, who, whoever it is. You got the, you got your prohibitive favorite. You've got a dark horse that's coming from the back of the pack, and you've got two other spots. Right. That doesn't leave much room the And the OVC's the middle. been
0: looking pretty good at baseball this weekend. Murray took down Kentucky and EKU took down Louisville within 30 minutes of each other on Tuesday night. I mean, even the widely thought of, you
1: know, Eastern Illinois has been a cellar dweller in baseball for years. And they beat Murray 2-3. The same Murray who just... <laughs> Listen,
0: gotta gotta start somewhere. Might as well get started up there at Cape Girardeau.
1: Softball's at EIU in a battle of league titans, and the the Govs could emerge from the weekend as the OVC leader if things break right. Two of the best hitting teams in this league, EIU 313 as a team, the Govs at 279, Eastern Illinois a a league-high 27 homers, and nobody in the Ohio Valley Conference strikes out less than your Austin governors. Styles make fights, and this will be a good fight. Yeah.
0: Uh, Like I said, they get benefit back on the mound. Or, excuse me, in the circle. You get Beneful in the circle. Got Gross in the circle for at least one of them. You got, you got Lexi Osaski doing Lexi Osaski stuff. Get Bailey Shorter back in the lineup this week. Get uh, Kelsey Gross still swinging it back. Big triple from Kelsey the other day. Really? Oh, yeah. She can do it all, man. Uh, I think Brett Jackson had a triple as well, because there's that good photo of her and Coach Stanfield high five like a celebration after she hit it that uh, our friend Robert Smith got. It's in one of his galleries. You should go check it out. It's a great Shout photo. Shout out, Robert Smith. It's a great photo. Uh, also, got a midweek doubleheader next week. Yeah, the softball schedule. We play Murray State in a midweek doubleheader at home and a midweek doubleheader in uh, Murray. Uh, very, very excited to watch the midweek doubleheader. No, it's a good way to go about this. Uh, for softball, you get it done, get in, get out, get 14 innings in, and uh, hopefully, also hopefully take four from the racers. Yeah. also, we should just beat the fire out of Murray this year. And everything.
1: And everything. Hey, that brings us to the end. Was that a lot? It seemed like a lot. It does seem like a lot. <laughs> There's a lot happening right now. Uh, speaking of things that are happening right now and always, Haley Myers is always up for getting you some community service hours in the greater Clarksville community. So if you got some time, Haley's got a position for you to do some good in and around the city and the university.
0: You know, you people can do around Clarksville.
1: I mean, there's plenty of nice jogging trails. There's the we marina. We a new greenway. There's a new greenway. But. That's not what you're talking but about.
0: when you take a seat on the bench at that new greenway for a break from your walk, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, Or you can follow us on Facebook on our official account called Austin P Governors. Shout out to our friend, uh, Robin. Uh, shout out to Robin. She's uh, not with us this week with some personal issues, but we'll uh, be glad to have her back. Can't wait to see you, Robin, thinking of you. And uh, then there's Eric. Yeah, there's always Eric. God.
1: Shout out to Carter. Yeah, and Carter. Stepping up, helping. D- just doing what Carter does. Yeah. Doing her job <laughs> and most of Eric's, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey Cody Bush, myself, doing stuff, keeping it locked over there all the time. Got a couple of exciting projects we're looking to have out in the next few weeks as we... Hopefully get a little bit more time.
0: (laughs) Hey, you want to come watch the guys play football on homecoming? You know what you're going to need.
1: I need a press pass. I don't know how everybody
0: else does this. You're right. I don't know. I've never had to get a ticket for one of these games. But if you do have to get a ticket, you should call our ticket guru, Johnny Mitchell. He's got all the information you can use to get in the game. Uh, Homecoming's always a hot ticket, and uh, especially this year with limited capacity. I hear old Johnny is sitting there eagerly, patiently, staring at the phone at all hours of the day. So call him. If you
1: call at 9.57 p.m., Johnny picks up on the second ring. Yeah, John,
0: Second ring every time. Every Second ring Mitchell's what they call him down there. Old
1: second ring Johnny.
0: <laughs> Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at
1: letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shut Explain why, in fact, it is Oral Roberts destined to be the Cinderella this March. Tweet us. I'm at C Wilson two two five. He's at C underscore Craig nineteen. Shout out J Lo's dad. Shout out Steve Willard. Shout out Bud Jenkins. Shout out
0: to the lady with the soft hands who did the nose swab this morning over at Ard. We had the same lady. I was right behind you in line. It was great. I mean, impressive. I mean, like, like she's got the second softest mitts on campus behind our friend Mitch Yagi. Yeah, second
1: softest mitts on campus behind only the one and only Mitch Yagi. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.
0: Houston think we got some problems Find somebody who can solve I feel like a spaceman I feel like a spaceman TV tells me what to think Bad news maybe I should drink Cause I feel like a spaceman I feel like a spaceman They say it's a phase that'll change if we
1: vote